swords with candle art to spark souls and charge tolls to cross roads and bandits are catacombs and giant doors protect the chest of stores and legendary items with the dragon bones and iron it's horse. a grand theft of elder scrolls simon's quest with toe and earl rock shoes to ever clue keeps the exit gamer news the potus needs some bad dudes to crash crew like bandicoot all shit a game in english control nations Control issues. Yes, yes, y'all. Yes, yes y'all. Yes, yes, y'all. What is control issues? I am the AMC. And this is A Dub. You can find us at control issues.com. You can also go to your podcast provider, whoever that may be. You can download it, subscribe to it, rate it, review it, give it five stars. You're going to look for control issues. You're going to find that. You can go to twitch.tv slash control issues pod where we put up gameplay videos every so often. And head on over to Twitter. My control issues is the handle. AMC, how you doing, man? Doing good, doing great. Got some news. Um, I'll announce it when we talk about what we've been playing. But as far as life outside of video gaming, everything has been good so far. Just enjoying enjoying life. Marissa's birthday was uh, actually yesterday. Huh. So Happy birthday. Some, uh, let her know. We had some cake, had some sushi, had some, had some Indian food. Had a little bit of everything. We hit we hit all the all the corners of the globe. It was awesome. Um, and then uh, yeah, other than that, just taking it easy, watching movies. Watch that old guard movie on Netflix. That was fun. And um, oh, yeah. it's a movie. I thought it was a series. Yeah, it might as well be because uh, let's just say uh, it set up a sequel. So I don't know how Netflix does with uh, if they're going to be doing movie sequels. But this one, this movie basically said, hey, you got to make a sequel. If you want well, the full it, story. it's released on Netflix, so it can't be a true sequel. Yeah, it's anti-consumer. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, they—they're trying to hit Disney with that whole Mulan situation. Oh, what happened? So you have to subscribe to Disney Plus, and then on top of that, Mulan is thirty bucks. Oh yeah, I mean that's yeah exactly. That's the uh, was it um. ESPN did something along those lines with UFC. You have to, so if you want to order a UFC event, you have to subscribe to ESPN and then you pay for the uh, pay-per-view price on top of that. <laughs> so I mean, you, can't makes- just, you can't just order the fight. You have to subscribe to the service in order to order the fight. I mean, it makes sense to me. I mean, you, you have to have cable in order to get on demand or pay-per-view. Yeah, I mean, it's whatever. It's like it, they're getting you into their system. If you if you want UFC, then you got to go through ESPN because they paid for the rights to UFC. So, I mean, it makes sense. If Disney, if they're going to put out content, just like they, I think they paid for the rights to uh, Hamilton, you got to get the subscription if you want to watch Hamilton. <laughs> got to pay to play, baby. Got to pay to play. And yeah, this, I mean, the Mulan thing is like a special situation. It makes sense is because like, they can't really release in theaters, so they still so want to get that box office. Yeah, so they want to get that money, and so it's like, well, why not release it on our service? And then on top of that, we're going to charge. It's like, oh well, yeah, because that's which that's what you got to do. <laughs> and you're definitely not watching it alone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so thirty bucks is about the price of two tickets. If anything, it's might be cheaper than 
uh, some movie tickets I bought. <laughs> so just depending where you go, like I, I paid around like 17 bucks for one ticket. So that's me and Marissa. That's going to be a, like 34. So yeah, yep. saving money and popcorn and a beverage and yeah. parking and parking and, and headaches yeah. and, and that, and that J before you walk into the movie. <laughs> that J what's the J uh, roll, roll a J roll a J. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I take the little the little pen with me. That one here. Uh, no, the, the little the little vape. Uh, okay. Uh, how how have you been? I've been I've been doing enough talking. Chilling, man. Just working out a little more. Started taking walks at night, so that's pretty pretty peaceful. I'm already seeing results, so you know, keeping it up, and it's a good way to replace the the calories that I would have normally burned going boxing. So I've been thinking of a way to do that without lifting twice a day. So now I just go walk every night and lift. And yeah, just takes me down a little more. Let's build back up a little bit stronger. Hopefully A-Dub coming out of this quarantine, busting out the chrysalis. Y'all don't even know. <laughs> Turning turn into my final form. <laughs> walking around with the Kaokin. <laughs> I, mean, I, I definitely feel different walking around now. It's, it's starting to hit me now that I've been under 200 consistently for like a month or so. Yeah. And like, I'm catching people looking at me. Are you, so are I'm you thinking looking, myself. Oh yeah, what are you going to say? Well, I, I'm, I'm catching myself because I'm used to people like looking just because I'm an interesting looking person, but now it's like you're, you look better than you did before. You're in better shape. You're more interesting to look at. So don't think about it. Don't, don't take it the wrong way. <laughs> yeah. You got that. You got that ascended saying going on right now. <laughs> exactly. I got that. I got that super Saiyan full power going where I'm just in super Saiyan form, but I'm chilling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was just go, it was a Gohan with the yellow hair, but no aura around him. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like, it's Goku, but he looks different. He's in a super Saiyan form. But normally he's in such a rage. Yeah. <laughs> now he's perfectly calm. Yeah. <laughs> super Saiyan full power. They ain't ready. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, just, um, Working out more, finished some books, uh, finished A Brief History of Time and The Universe in a Nutshell, which that was the last, like, it's two books as one book, so I counted it as a book, and that was the last one I had where I started it and I didn't finish it, so I'm officially in nothing but new book territory. Uh, earlier today, I finished the second hardcover volume of Saga, which takes me through issues 19 through 36, uh, Very very crazy chain of events a lot of characters there's like little teams grouping up and they're all trying to attack what's going on from different angles of course fiona staples artwork is outstanding brian vaughn brian k vaughn and her writing is it continues to just be compelling and they set it up for the third hardcover with a huge revelation in the story so i got that on the shelf in the plastic Yeah. (laughs) Following that with the Neil deGrasse Tyson Space Chronicles book. And then I'm going to look at Lois von Barl's like sketches in progress book. So it's an art book, you know, trying to alternate between fun stuff and serious stuff in order to keep. Yeah. Sounds like you're feeding your mind. That's amazing. 
so much. Like yeah. if we ever, <laughs> if we ever get out of quarantine, I'm going to be a much different person, man. Yeah. <laughs> Wiser, more red inspired, full yeah. of like reference and <laughs> in better shape. Just like, just like honed yourself like a perfectly, like a perfectly, um, what is it like refined blade <laughs> just, yeah. just sharpening the tool <laughs> like you pull it out the sheath and it and it keeps resonating just <laughs> cut like the wing. anything you touch with that just instantly slices in two <laughs> yeah you cut you cut the wind with like a with a glance <laughs> slice a leaf just by looking at it hit it's that amazing. thumb on the finger guard everybody yeah. falls to pieces <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, speaking of a dub what have you been playing? Well, I've been playing quite a bit. Uh, played a bunch of Ghost of Tsushima. I was on, I was in the Northern region. I was in the third act. And I was like, you know what? People have been finishing this game. People are getting their platinums on. It's time for me to join the club. So I decided to push the main story to a conclusion, regardless of all the tales that I still had to do, regions of the map I still had to uncover, points of interest I had to visit. I was just like, let's just finish it right here, right now. Sat down, played all the main missions of the final act, went through the epic final mission, as well as just the emotional conclusion. And here I am, new man, Ghost of Tsushima, under my belt, one of the best games of the year. Can't wait to see how it fares in award season. I'm a new man, and it, I also, it was also like partly me wanting to finally get on and get back to the games in my backlog. Just being able, being a, a bachelor gamer, where I could just go from title to title, spend a little time here, spend a lot of time there, instead of just being a a married man with these games. So put Ghost of Tsushima down, picked up some Drive Club. I've been having a driving itch for ages. And I got to tell you, as much as I respect and appreciate Drive Club, it is not the driving experience that I was looking for for this particular urge that I'm having. It's becoming more realistic to me that I'm just going to have to buy an Xbox at some point just so I can experience Forza and Horizon. Yeah. Yeah, nice. I mean, so you yeah. you've been waiting for that that racing game, so you got to go out and get it. I think it's uh, I think it's yeah, anti-consumer yeah. that you can't buy Forza on PlayStation. <laughs> that, why, why is it exclusive? <laughs> <laughs> oh, whatever. Those are the rules of the game. You play the game. So at some point, I'm I'm thinking it'll probably be probably be more cost effective to spend the money to get a Series X instead of just buying a One X or a 1S because I don't just want to play Forza right now. I'm going to want to play newer Forza later. So I want to future-proof myself. And I also want to be able to play the existing Forzas in the best possible performance and visuals that I can. Like, I I want to feel it. Even thinking about getting, like, a wheel. (laughs) Oh, nice. Yes. Thinking about it. Uh, Okay. So it's just something that's out there. But yeah, Drive Club, I touched that for a little bit, decided I don't want to touch it no more. And then it hit me, hey, it's season 21 of Diablo 3. May as well check that out. Finally rolled my monk. And just in the past three or four days, I've gone from starting a fresh character on Master Difficulty to now I'm at like Paragon 320 
playing on Torment 11 comfortably. So tremendous amount of progress. Completed all the season journeys. I just need to claim my rewards. And enjoying the hell out of it. Still learning new things about the game. Like I just finally got an understanding of how elemental damage works. So that's enlightened me to a whole new level of power that I can squeeze out of my character and my build. Uh, Now I know how to make a tighter, more refined build. I know better how to, I know better how to tweak the stats on my equipment in order to give me the, the cleanest power and the cleanest defense that I can muster. I still have some growing room, but um, it's looking like I may be getting to the upper end of the ability of this character. I mean, I'm knocking dozens of billions of hit points out of these characters. They just pop instantaneously. As soon as I step on the screen and launch an attack, it's like 20 enemies, no enemies. <laughs> just, <laughs> just like that. Like you don't, you don't see the bars move. The bars just disappear. So, yeah, having a blast with that. Woke up at 3 a.m., played it to, like, 9 a.m. or 10 a.m. Ugh, so good. So amazing. If you haven't done it yet, pick up Diablo 3 Ultimate Evil Edition. You won't be mad. And yeah, man, that's been about it for me. But AMC, what have you been playing? Oh, what have I been playing? Um, started off, so I got to play a little bit this week. The focus was... Um, well, I started off with Ghost of Tsushima because that's everything right now. Or at least it was. I played a little bit and was enjoying it, but then I had that little itch. I was just scratching at the back of my head, just saying, Hey, AMC, you got Octopath. You haven't beat Galdara yet. You gotta beat that final boss, the real boss, the true boss. <laughs> Get the true ending. <laughs> true ending. It's uh yeah, I immediately I had um like every now and then when I had like free time to play the game, like the uh the past couple of weeks I'd just uh hop on and do a couple of like random encounters just to um level up my characters, do a little grinding. Um so that I had them at a proper level, figured out all the equipment, got all that set up. So it's just basically about going in and taking out the final boss. So I go in and as I mentioned in the past, you have to fight all seven or you have to fight all eight final bosses of the uh, each character's final chapter before you fight the true boss. So I just completely just mop the floor with them. At this point, they're not even a matchup. I was beating them within like two rounds, which is like two moves for each character. Damn. And yeah, I just walked right through that. And then I get to the final boss, yes. uh, the true boss, Galdara. And the thing here is I got my ass handed to me the first time. So this time was no games. It's actually, I went in um, lowering the like lowering expectations for myself, that being that I was expecting to lose the fight. And so I was just going in to take notes and I was literally going in detailing all of his attacks with each, with each of his like minions and himself detailing all of the vulnerabilities. So I know which vulnerabilities I need to focus on in order to stagger the enemies and yeah. And then just like figuring out like the best um, team composition as I'm going along the way. And so I go through the first phase of the fight and um I analyze him, learn that he has 500,000 hit points. So this is going to be a slug. This is going to be a long fight, but I had, um, I had set up my two strongest attackers in that first group for the, uh, the first phase of the fight. So I I literally, the entire fight was just setting them up to get off their ultimates within 
ideally every round of action and then just have a healer and a feeder character like this is feeding them the battle points in order to get off the ultimate attacks mm-hmm. so i did that and that fight actually didn't go didn't at least it felt like it didn't go that long um like it was it was definitely a hard fight but i was just hitting them with those ultimates and just doing like around 20,000 to like 30,000 damage with each attack uh from the big characters and it was enough to bring him down get into the second phase of the fight now this is my team where i have two healers i have uh i had a character who is uh he's a healer in the sense that he can um remove uh negative status to status effects and um and then i have another character who's just like uh who's just there as as i mentioned in the first phase of the fight more of a feeder character so they're just resupplying um spirit power which is basically mana if a character goes down i'm using him to revive a character mm-hmm. um if, if i need battle points i'm using that character to feed battle points to my other characters and this was just a long drawn out slugfest where i'm i literally uh i analyze him at the the at the very beginning of the fight he has around 100 180,000 hit points so a little bit less but he has um he has a blade that has its own attack. He has, <laughs> yeah, he has a brain, like a, not a brain, but there's like a, a, a person coming off of his body who has his own attack. And then uh, there's LeBlanc, who is his daughter, who was basically trying to summon like the devil the entire game. Um, <laughs> she's also another, I guess, appendage on him and she has her own attacks. And then there's him who I can't attack until I take out those three appendages, basically. So um, wow, he's like a sounds kind of like the Lavos fight in Chrono Trigger. Yeah, and so um, I mean, it's Square Enix game, so you know they're 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 definitely oh, yeah. drawn from the well. And um, so yeah, I, I'm just it's just a long drawn out fight, but eventually I get the swing of things, and it's so bad that uh, as I was saying, I analyzed him, got his hit points, and I was after every attack, I was actually doing like doing the calculations on where he stood with his hit points <laughs> there you so, go. like i did that the entire time it took seven hours um that counting like the um the initial boss fights and then that first phase to to fully beat him beat him in that second attempt which is amazing because when i when i went and like read on like went into the threads after like the first time i was like there's got to be a way to save there's got to be something something and i just went into all the forums and people were just like nope you can't save once you go into that boss fight sequence. Uh, once you're in that area, you're in that area. And uh, people are like, good luck. It took me three times. People are like, I had to look up shit. Like, people were saying that. ain't um, hey, looking up nothing. Yeah, I beat it on my second try. Granted, I got my ass handed to me so bad that I did a lot of leveling before I came in here. I just made sure and, like, just look for as many um, defensive items as possible so that I could withstand these attacks. So yeah, I went but in there the first time was a fact-finding mission. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And so, yeah, what I did enjoy was uh, being able to adjust on the fly and take him down. That was, uh, I felt super accomplished. It was absolutely amazing when I beat the game, went through that final sequence, um, the, saw like the final explanation of what happened with these characters that I came across through the entire game, how they're all connected. And yeah, got the true ending of the game and it felt absolutely amazing. Um, once again, A-Dub, I got to thank you. You gave me one of the greatest games I'll ever play of all time. It's definitely on my Mount Rushmore. Um, That's just, what friends are for. Yes, indeed. Um, like, just looking at it, like, just stepping outside of it as, like, I just looked at how great this game was and just thinking about 
how awesome of a publisher Square Enix is, especially right now when you look at like some of the games that they publish. You got Octopath Traveler, you got Final Fantasy VII Remake, you got Outriders, <laughs> you got what else <laughs> you got? We got Final Aven- Fantasy XIV. Yeah, Final Fantasy fourteen. We got Avengers on the way. I mean, they're just as a publisher, just absolutely killing it right now. <laughs> killing the game. People don't want to hear it. Yeah, and uh, yeah, definitely overlooked. Um, Tomb Raider trilogy. Yes, exactly. I mean, just so many bangers. And yeah, so um, beat that game. So now I'm free of Octopath Traveler. So now I can focus <laughs> on Ghost of Tsushima. I have in my back catalog, I have Ori, Cuphead, and Fire Emblem's Three Houses. So I just have to decide what's going to be my next game that I'm going to hop into. Can't wait to hear what you have to say about Ori. Yes, sir. Yeah, I know. I can't. I can't wait to hop on that. It might be a girlfriend game, though, so we'll see. Or I guess wife game now. There you go. <laughs> but yeah, that's enough about <laughs> me. <friend> <laughs> oh, that's my. That's not my girlfriend. That's my wife friend. Yeah, that's, that's, that's my soulmate game. Soulmate <laughs> <laughs> game. Soulmate games. Um. So yeah, that's enough about me, A Dub. So let's get into the topics of the week. Top topics of the week. Yes, sir, A-Dub. Um, you can lead it off. We got some PlayStation news, so you can start wherever you want. All right, well, just to follow up to one of last week's stories, uh, Spider-Man. We all know he's going to be exclusive to Sony for the Avengers game, but you can rest assured that it will only be Spider-Man that is exclusive to Sony for the Avengers game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, um, yes, Spider-Man is going to be the only platform exclusive character, so you guys will be able to enjoy Hawkeye and whatever other characters may come down the pipeline, but if you want that Spider-Man experience, you better come on over to PlayStation. If you <laughs> come on over to Death Row. <laughs> <laughs> You tired of working in superhero teams, dudes flying, swole, smashing shit? <laughs> smashing. <laughs> On PlayStation. Yeah. Um, smashing. <laughs> smashing. Yeah, the, uh, this is big news, obviously. There was the, uh, the beta. They had the war table where they had some uh, announcements, at least some more some more uh, details with um, Avengers and man, the game I was already on board. It's one of these weird games where people are like, it has to prove itself to me uh, because of the faces yeah. <laughs> and whatnot. Uh, they, people saw the, what the leak footage at Comic-Con they're like already, they had opinions about the game. <laughs> oh, I saw what they wanted me to see. Yeah. <laughs> and I it's wish I could unsee it. Just looks like a, an average beat em up. Uh, why isn't it open world? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's all those comments, but yeah, they sh- they had the trailer. They showed what was going to be in the beta, and man, there's uh, definitely some things in here that um, got my attention that I'm really enjoying. Uh, one of the things is just the action. Um, the action just looks very fluid. It doesn't look like an MMO. I'll say as far as like um, when I play like other games like City of Heroes, DC Universe. Um, I forgot the Marvel, the name of the Marvel game is like Marvel Unite or whatever. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, like those games, it was literally like you're just walking up, you're kind of just beating up the guy, knocking numbers out of them. But they're they're kind of barely reacting um, as they're hitting you back. Like this looks like a, a third person, a quality third person action game that happens to be multiplayer, which is exactly yes. what you want. Um, creeping through the streets with the homies yeah it has uh i really enjoy like seeing 
like they showed a little bit of the ultimates um, as far as they showed the Hulk buster for Tony Stark for Iron Man. And you literally just get the suit. You're in a bigger suit. He's going toe to toe with a tank swinging on it, blasting it. Um, and got your own hit points. Yeah. Like, it, and they said that there's going to be multiple options as far as like um, how you want to build your character with the different style of ultimates. So um, that was just a taste of how that looks just for Iron Man. So I imagine like every character is going to be fully fleshed out as far as their skill set and their moves and um some of the loot and options um anything that you had ada that you wanted to add in there i mean just looking at the war tables and hearing people's feedback it's starting to look like the ultimate alliance game that i always wanted it just i it's there's not really much i can add there's a little stir that IGN has an article where they're talking about one of the things that it does. It's a minor thing, but it could be a major thing where um, with the customization, it seems that when you get new customizable parts like uh, Miss Marvel's bangles or like Iron Man's repulsors or something like that, they look different in the inventory, but they don't change the way that your character looks. And personally, I think that could be a big deal because it's 2020 and pretty much any game with any kind of loot is going to give you a representative difference in the game. I mean, the only thing I would have to rebuttal that is that um, when I was looking at the trailer, they're just showing a ton of different skins. Like they had the gray Hulk in the gangster suit and the zoot yeah. suit. <laughs> the white ripped shirt Hulk. Yeah. And so, I mean, maybe like, they plan on having like just enough skins where that's going to be more of the focus is that like you'll have different looks for your characters and not necessarily oh show up in the um the cosmetic it won't show up in the uh the different loot that you end up equipping but as far as like the different skins that you'll have for those characters yeah it's an interesting solution to that problem so we'll see how it plays out i do understand that gripe however if the game's good enough and if there are are enough cosmetic skins for you to choose from it shouldn't be an issue uh one of the things i did like that they talked about also in the uh the last war table uh situation that they're um as far as single player goes so this is a game where it looks like um it looks like a live service game um but hopefully ideally for my situation it won't be because i need to like um like suspend often or like quit after like 10 minutes of playing <laughs> like any game because like just theo might wake up or whatever so exactly. having save yeah, options first. yeah so having a save option is always great uh like having multiple save options is always great uh but one things i one thing i did like about the single player is they said that you can have a single player AI bots. So um, instead of just needing four homies to join your game, you can actually just have three AIs with you. And they said on and top of that, yours. yeah, what feeds into what you're saying with the Ultimate Alliance feel is that um, however you equip those AI characters, um, it shows up in their AI. It shows up. So basically, if you're going to play with that character, you outfitted them with uh, whatever um, loot and then. Uh, whatever skin, all that good stuff, that's how that character is going to play. So you're actually building your AIs that come and help you. So that's, that's pretty awesome. So it's, uh, it's very much like Ultimate Alliance in that feel. Which I, like, I imagine, imagine playing Diablo with all your characters. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like if, if you can have basically four people join your game, you have your four with the builds that you like playing to the style that you want them to play. <laughs> so then when you think about it, that, that takes builds to 
a whole new dimension where you're not just making the best synergy for your character and their individual output, but you could also craft the overall synergy of the group and have them perform in a particular way. Yeah, because they've already mentioned, like, in, like, even in the earlier gameplay footage, like, they talked about how there will be um, moves that, like, where they, like, chemistry moves or, like, team moves that, like, work together that boost off of each other. And so, yeah, that would be that would be definitely something that you'll want to take into account when it comes to the different builds of the characters. And even they're showing, like, um, so there's, like, one of the, the gripes that people had is, like, oh, like, why isn't it open world, blah, blah, blah. But it did feel, at least not open world, but it did look different. Like when you're Iron Man, you're actually flying and he's hitting them with like repulsor rays and um, energy blasts. And so he does feel like a ranged character as opposed to like a Hulk who's in there in action. So it's not every character is the same. Like they're very much, um, they follow those traditional RPG. Um, was it warrior mage? Uh, Ranger, like, <laughs> yeah, like they have like all those uh, different skill sets and classes uh, to the way that they're built. So it seems like they're putting a lot of thought into the makeup of these characters, and not just uh, here's a guy. We'll give him four moves, and we're not going to move on from there. So I'm really interested to see like as more characters are added in this game. I'm expecting Black Panther at some point, and oh characters along God. those lines. <laughs> and um that will be earth shattering if black panther gets at it yeah that was like that was my thing like when people were like mad about spider-man i was like one i'm gonna have a playstation anyway so whatever neener neener but um (laughs) on top of that like i was like black panther's the only character i really care about as far as like having as an option so as long as he's available at some point i'll be super happy Um, and then i was and give him the the killmonger suit yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh. They could do so many things. And then uh, one thing that they also mentioned is that uh, there's different lengths of missions. So, like, there's some missions that will be, they said, 10 minutes, and some that will be two hours. So the idea of, like, raids in this game is, uh, a, a, I hope that that is actually a case, even though, like, it'll be almost impossible for me to ever do something like that. But it'd be pretty fun to see, like, what a raid would look like in an Avengers game. <laughs> to see, like, how people, like, different builds and different um how how like those people who are like the influencers or whatever on twitch and who are really into it to see the different uh team builds that they end up coming up with will be pretty awesome do a raid on dr doom's castle yes (laughs) fight fight an army of doom bots yeah the one that they were talking about was uh modok is the uh the big villain that they were talking about that um Mm. as far as like a uh like they pulled from and it was pretty cool is like they were showing actually like what um where the sources that they were drawing from when they were coming up with the the styles of different characters, especially like when they announced Hawkeye and how they came up with this look, they were showing the exact the the run that that Hawkeye came from and the style that um, was drawn with that Hawkeye is what they decided to draw from, and it, it seems like they have. Um, a great affection for the source content when it comes up to these characters. As much as people were upset with like, oh, they don't look like the movie guys, they at least seem to be drawing from the comics, which is an appeal to, uh, I guess, a more hardcore audience, which is not a bad thing, I'll say. I, I like how the movies are now the the core foundation of what these Marvel characters are and not <laughs> the comic books <laughs> yes. that all that has sprung from. Yeah, it's Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> it's Chris <Yeah>. Hemsworth. <laughs> and if the characters don't look like that, there is a problem. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> first of all, it's not even it's not even tied in with the movie. It's just an Avengers game. Yeah. 
Also, it's the only time you really see it is in the cutscene, maybe, and that's about it. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's whatever. There are different yeah. renditions. Even within the Marvel universe, there are different versions of all the characters. It's a multiverse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So I mean, yeah, whatever. But the game does look good. Um, excited to see what Spider-Man looks like eventually when that becomes available. Um, and yeah, that was um, the more news I hear about this Avengers game, the the I guess the. Um, the more comfortable I am with like the game doing well, regardless of what people have to say about it. I think it'll get its fair shake. I think it's going to be undeniable at some point. They, they definitely hit up the right influencers <laughs> for this beta uh, so that the word will get out. So, I mean, at least like um, it'll get it, it'll hopefully get a fair shake as opposed to the people who saw the initial trailers and just decided I didn't like the way they looked or I didn't like that 15 minutes of gameplay and i'm going to assume that this is how the entire game is going to go from here on out mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you got our next topic of the week top topic of the week actually you do adele because we have the state of play oh yes we did now sony made it pretty clear that this state of play wouldn't bring you any significant playstation 5 news but i think they might have they might have snuck a little something in on you and you didn't realize it. <laughs> so this state of play was mostly indie games and just updates for PS4 as well as PS5 information. Yeah. They led the show off with some Crash Bandicoot 4 news. So you're getting, you're getting a new playable character. What? And... You're getting a new mode. You're getting what? new modes. Yeah, they have all kinds of visual modes that add different levels of interactivity to the Crash Bandicoot experience. Like they have an old timey movie mode that's a little sped up and it has that old timey movie filter. So you get that <laughs> going. They have another mode where the whole world is black and white so that every time Crash spins, he throws out color onto the world and you can see what you're doing. Oh man, what? Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's the most interesting nice. one to me. I mean, I didn't pay much attention to this part because it's Crash for personally I'm not interested in it, even though it does look fantastic and they're giving you tons of content. So if you're a Crash Bandicoot fan, I recommend that you look into that. Yeah, I like the um the skins. <laughs> um I guess like I know people complain about the jorts and how like how nineties Crash looks, but they gave at least they gave some options if you're if you're over the John Cena look for Crash. I mean, nobody talks about Bart Simpson shorts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but whatever. Uh, one of the other games they showcased was Hitman Trilogy, but it's oh. playable in VR. Yes, that was uh, that was definitely something that caught my eye. I was like, what? You can, you can walk around as Hitman in VR, change your clothes, choke somebody out? <laughs> so now when the people who hate video games really want to bring a case <laughs> against yeah. the industry, they can point to Hitman VR. Because if you think GTA was a murder simulator, just wait till you see the things that you're doing in this one. Going like in a soup at somebody. He broke out the... the piano wire yes <laughs> and i'm just thinking like somebody's gonna be in their living room with a psvr headset on and two move controllers like choking a dude out yeah. saying say, go to sleep go to sleep, <laughs> go to sleep. <laughs> closing his eyelids yeah oh, that would be amazing if you could do that but yeah look. <laughs> it it looks amazing. You're in the shoes of Agent 47. You are walking around. You are in the scene. You're sizing things up. You're looking for options. You're utilizing your gadgets and your tools. You are the hitman. But, but PlayStation awesome. doesn't support their peripherals, they do. Well, I beg to differ. <laughs> 
And then they hit you with an oldie but a goodie. You're coming with an anniversary edition of Braid. Yeah, this one caught my eye. This is a game that, um, going all the way back to what indie game, the movie, I never played Braid, but I was introduced to that game in that movie. And it was something I always wanted to um, play, but I just never got to it. And now seeing that it, we're getting this, uh, I guess, remaster, I'm like, hell yeah. Like, I can, I, I think I'm going to end up playing Braid now. And um, yeah, what'd you think? I mean, it's when I saw it, I was looking at the screen, I was like, damn, this looks like it's Braid. And sure enough, it was like Braid, 20th anniversary edition. I was like, oh, that's awesome. And then they started going down the list of the improvements that they made for this edition, which really caught my eye. Uh, The first thing is that it's getting a very substantial visual overhaul. Uh, What they said with this game is that for every pixel of the old game, there's nine pixels in the new game. So as the resolution's gone up tremendously, you can see it is like night and day. And as a result of the new resolution, they went in and repainted all the background. So everything looks more vibrant and lush and lifelike. Uh, one thing that made me partially interested in actually getting this for myself was that the game is also going to have commentary. Now, not just your standard director commentary, but it's also going to have like artist commentary and some other kind so when i heard that the the artists were going to be providing feedback on certain things i thought "Ah, that'd be pretty cool to play this game and have them break down the creative process behind all of it so there's a great amount of work going into this it looks fantastic if you're a braid fan if you're a jonathan blow fan you might want to get into it Uh, i played the witness got the platinum and yeah man i'm very much interested in hearing what people have to say about Braid. I've only ever heard good things about it. And now that it's coming back around, it's going to look, you know, more vibrant, crisp, sharper for a new generation. So everybody wins. AMC, I'm moving to the next game. Spelunky 2. Yes. (laughs) Now, we both had a similar feeling about this because we both kind of didn't get Spelunky. The original yeah no definitely i um i played spunky i um i played once by myself didn't get into it then tried again years later with marissa we didn't get into it <laughs> and then i just like accepted i was like because people love the game and i'm i'm never one of those people that's like well if i didn't like it and people love it that means that there must be some like bias that unreasonable bias for this game because it's like indie trash or some shit but um no well, they're I, I just shills yeah exactly i just took it as like you know what it's just not connected with me for some reason but um i know that there's a ton going on here a lot of love and um a lot of love and care put into the, the traps and the weapons and the characters and the world the npcs all that good stuff the layout of the the maps um the levels all that good stuff uh so yeah like uh i just figured it was just a game that was never gonna just never appealed to me personally but i understood it and then when i saw this trailer for the second one i was like damn i might have to try it again because there's mm-hmm. clearly something i'm missing out here because the second one looks absolutely amazing yeah personally i've tried spelunky twice again about years apart and or maybe maybe a year apart i don't know but it i just didn't understand not so much the game i got the mechanics and everything but i'm doing stuff and i just don't understand like my place in that world what i'm really there for all that kind of stuff however 
watching and listening to the trailer for Spelunky 2 and Sony's State of Play for August, it the developer describing the Spelunky experience and how they improved it for the sequel made me finally understand what's going on. And then also seeing somebody playing it, taking advantage of all the quirkiness that makes it Spelunky was like, oh, now I get it. So I'm interested to go back to the original, try that out, maybe complete it. And if I, if it does finally resonate with me, then I'll definitely be giving Spelunky 2 a shot. Uh, it looks like you're going to be looking for artifacts on the moon. It's Spelunky, but Spelunkier. I mean, it's, it's got wild traps with moving blocks and, you know, cute little enemies. You got your whip. You're cracking open those bosses. You're getting the items. You, you're riding turkeys. <laughs> you, you're robbing shop owners and stealing their guns. It's got quite a bit going on. So if you are a Spelunky fan, you're probably going to be very interested in Spelunky too. I uh, believe its release date was announced for September 15th. So that's right around the corner. Be ready for it. See now. What's another game that we got that was pretty good in here? Uh, Genshin Impact. What did you think about that, AMC? Genshin Impact. Is that the... Uh, <laughs> 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 it's like the side-scrolling kind of like... Uh, uh, I don't know, like um, like beat-em-up? I don't know how to describe this game. Which one was this one? Genshin Impact was the third-person like anime Cobain-looking oh, one, but yes, very yes. sunny and vibrant. It yes. actually looked really good to me. It was The art style was a combination of a number of... Uh, just really attractive visual elements and the gameplay looks like it goes well with the overall look so i'm gonna be keeping my eye on that normally i don't get into the quote-unquote weeb trash but <laughs> this one i might be giving a shot yeah it's uh what caught my eye with this one is uh after it was after the last xbox event where they're showing it was a fantasy star online yes star ocean online. i don't remember but, um, fantasy star yeah fantasy star online and that game looked absolutely amazing and just seeing some some of the uh when i finally saw this genshin game and they showed him kind of like running around the boss it was like giving me those vibes i didn't they didn't show really that much gameplay so i didn't see numbers or anything along those lines but i have a feeling that it might be something like that and if that's the case then the game is going to be on my radar oh yeah moving along we got another little game and it's got a little name. It goes by control. We know it's already out. It's been out. But it's getting its second expansion. The Altered World event expansion. This is a big one. It's going to take us outside of the oldest house. We're going to be doing shit. Yeah, the second expansion for Control, AWE, is coming August 27th. You can check out the trailer. It looks like it's, it's got a little glimpse of your boy Alan Wake in there. So we're going to not only see the universes tie in, but we're going to see Alan Wake cross over with the Control IP. A-Dub is excited. I still need to play the Foundation update. I need to actually, damn, I could fire a Red Dead. I could fire a Control. It's just, ugh, the world is my oyster. All right, moving along. I won't spend too much time on Tim Tim. It looks like kind of a Pokemon-ish, Digimon-ish kind of knockoff. I even saw what looked like a Bulbasaur in there. Didn't pay much attention to it. And that's not to say that it looked bad or anything. It actually looks very cute and vibrant. This is at, at that point in the show, I wasn't paying too much attention. So I'll go back. I'll do some research on Tim Tim. It deserves a fair shot, just like every other game. But it was pretty cool. Looks like a cross between, like, 
Animal Crossing and Pokemon. So if that's your jam, you should check that out. <laughs> Got another game. AMC, what you know about Hood, Outlaws, and Legends? Hood, Outlaws, and Legends. Which one was... Describe it for me real quick. That's the one with like the medieval crew sneaking in, stealing the riches, and then the other medieval crew comes in to steal the riches from the first medieval crew. Yeah, um, I, don't know. <laughs> I didn't see more of that game. They're, 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 they're this one and the other game that you had mentioned. Like those, these are the two that like I kind of just zoned out on. Zoned <laughs> out <laughs> I paid attention to Hood because it visually it looks pretty cool, but it, once. It got working. I saw what looked like a cross between Assassin's Creed and For Honor. And I just don't understand what it is. Like, are you playing through a single player campaign and there's just other other groups in it that are working against you, which is kind of an idea that I have for some stuff. We'll talk about that later. Or is it like an online thing? Like, are is is there like a mutual objective in two crews or trying to go after it at the expense of each other? I just don't know what this game is really doing. It threw yeah. in that element at the end. I'm like, wait, what? Yeah, that's <laughs> are, they, right. are these that's other people was. or is this AI? It says it's hood is a third person 4v4 multiplayer heist game. <laughs> it's developed by developer Sumo Newcastle. They call it a dark and gritty reimagining of the Robin Hood legend. Why not? I mean, if it if it comes out well, there's uh, plenty of these games that at least this is actually different from a different mode that I've heard from any other game. But I mean, people like like the Siege games and I uh, was there, the Rainbow Six Siege and those yeah. style of four v four games. So I mean, this it has potential if it comes out right. <laughs> they could have called it for dollars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, we got hit with a new trailer for Bug Snacks. Oh, yes. I think that's going to be sleeper hit of 2020, but let's not put the money down yet. Didn't watch it. I'm still trying to figure out what the hell Bucksnacks is. That's all I want to know is, like, what's the gameplay loop? What is the end goal? Why am I turning animals into food? Yeah, it's like one of those games like Ho Hokum or whatever, like where you're just like, I'm not really sure what's going on here, but people seem to really enjoy, like, the quirkiness of it. So, I mean, I think... There's definitely an audience out there, and they're going to eat the shit out of this game and tell everybody that they need to give it a shot. And I'll wait for them to tell me. (laughs) You and me both, my friend. Mm -hmm. Uh, One game that really stood out during the entire presentation was Pathless, for which we finally saw gameplay. I got to say, Pathless, it's... It's shaping up to look like it's going to be something pretty impressive. It's got a very unique approach to its traversal as well as how you navigate the world. Uh, you've seen open world games before. You're usually riding a horse or driving a car or swinging, doing something to get around. You usually got a mini map. Just recently we got Ghost of Tsushima, which is guiding you with the wind. And then enter Pathless, where you're mm-hmm. sliding across the open plains. Meanwhile, you're shooting your bow and arrow to hit talismans that are floating in space. That gives you more. You slide. That's how you're moving around. You can jump up, grab your falcon, glide through the air, get aloft, <laughs> get a real look at things. Yeah, so it looks like platforming and just high speed is going to be the name of the game with this kind of traversal. But one element that really stood out to me about Pathless was the way in which you 
explore the world. So apparently you have this mask. There's no mini-map in the game. So what the developer does is you put on your mask and it basically gives you their equivalent of detective vision. But all it does, is it illuminates places that you can go as well as places that you've already been. In addition, the higher up that you get, the further you can see. So that's how they sort of guide you through the world. I thought it was an interesting solution and would like to see how that plays out. However, the one serious element of this game that's going to change the industry forever is your relationship with your Falcon. Because you got to clean your Falcon. Your Falcon get a little dirty, get a little filthy. You got to pet your Falcon. That wipe dirty bird. <laughs> you got you to wipe down that dirty bird. Wipe me down. <laughs> so that, that's a cool little element. I hope there's a little more to that. And overall, we finally just... We finally got a glimpse into the overall structure of what the pathless experience is going to be. You're going to be sliding about, flying with your Falcon, exploring, you're going to be platforming, you're going to be solving puzzles that involve using your bow and arrow in order to hit targets in specific ways or unique combinations of things in order to solve puzzles, progress further, unlock more of the world. But the big thing you're going to want to do is. I don't know if they're shrines or some kind of watchtowers or something, but they've been corrupted. And in addition to that corruption, their regions are now watched over by giant demons. So first, you got to get past that demon. That demon day? That demon day. Come and get you. <laughs> <laughs> so Pathless here gives you a little bit of stealth. Uh, the demons can see you when you're moving, if you're in their line of sight. You're in that murder grass. You get in that murder grass, you stay still. Then when the <laughs> demon keeps moving, you can keep moving. <laughs> you cleanse your shrine. That makes the demon vulnerable. So the demon's going to run. It means you got to chase the demon. But as you're chasing the demon, you're also shooting at it. It's trying to ram you and knock you off, the, knock you off of its path. So it's, I mean, you got to see it to believe it. It's definitely a step forward with what you can do with an open world insofar as traversal and, and combat in general. So Pathless is something that control issues is going to be keeping an eye on. Yeah, um, only thing I'll say about this game is that it impressed me with how the game kept growing from where it initially started in the, um, I guess, the trailer, in the gameplay trailer. Because, yeah, like when you, the characters first sliding around and just kind of like shooting the things, I was like, oh, like... Kind of reminds me of, um, I just had it. Journey. Yeah, I was going to say Journey. And then I'm like, okay, yeah, it reminds me of Journey. Like, okay, it's kind of a cool, like, traversal thing. And then once, like, they got inside, like, the area of the castle, I guess, and they're doing puzzles, it's like, oh, shit. Like, all right, now there's puzzle solving. That's that's pretty cool. It's a different thing. And then there's the boss fight. And then I was like, all right, this game has, like, a little bit of everything, but in a good way. Like, it's not... It's not a bare bones open world game that like you might expect from like after playing a game like Journey like there's there's a full fledged like there's a full game with a ton of a ton of different options to do which is great and um yeah like I 
I definitely like felt myself underestimating it in the first minute and just enjoying it for like what I saw, but not really expecting more potential wise. And then as I saw that trailer just build and build and add and add, I was just like, damn, this game is a day one now and not mm-hmm. just uh hey, I'll get to this eventually. Like most well, of the damn. games. <laughs> well, damn AMC. Soulmate yeah. games getting that backlog. Yeah, it looks amazing. <laughs> Next game was immediately eye-catching and definitely delivered on all fronts. Aeon must die. So when this trailer comes in, you're looking at a, a c- cyberpunk city in the sky, lights circling all about. It's, it's eye-popping. It's eye-catching. You're intrigued. You're hearing the music. You're seeing the visuals. You want to know more. Breaks out into cyber side-scrolling, brawling action the likes of which I have never seen in my life. This visual style, polish and flourish, just oozes like just just metal. <laughs> Cave is so metal, but it's it's a straight up brawler, and it looks like it's got a competent combat system. Don't know much else about it. However, I'm extremely interested. AMC, what did you think of it? Um, I mean, the two major things that it sold me on art style and the gameplay did look great. Um, I had to see more of it again, just because um, to refresh my memory on it. But the little snippet that I saw, I was like, wow, this looks like an amazing game. And I definitely looking forward to hearing more about it. Um, at least from other people's firsthand experiences. Uh, Cause these are, it's like one of those games, like uh, just a side scrolling, I guess, brawler, but it seemed like there's a little more to the system rather than just button mashing, like a lot of timing and things along those lines and, and um, even like combining moves. And so with that, um, I want to see exactly like the entire skill set of the character, but um, just story-wise, art style alone, tone, it has everything going for it. Um, yeah, like as I said, with any if any of these presentations, if you can give me a couple of games where it's like, yeah, I would I would consider buying that, or like I want to hear more about that game, it's just, it's a success. And this is one of the many I'll say coming from this that like I'm gonna definitely be keeping my eye on um, as it gets closer to launch to see if it's like something that I need, and especially if I'm like at a point where I don't have any games to play. So yeah, um, it looked looked absolutely incredible. Yes, keep an eye on that one if you aren't already. Another one. The caught a dub's eye. Anno mutationum. <laughs> yeah, weird name and kind of a quirky looking game. I mean, the visuals aren't like modern, high quality Ghost of Tsushima level polished. However, they have a they have a charm and a emotion to them. There was something about the way that this game looked visually that just immediately grabbed a hold of me. Personally, I'm going to be purchasing this game just out of respect for the creative work that went into the art, as well as just the animations. There is something about, there was a scene in the trailer where the character's walking along these, this like broken pathway with waves crashing and she's got like this white cloth on and it's flapping in the wind. It reminded me so much of the opening moments of Transistor and conjured all the feelings I had about that game in general, which I love deeply. So looking at the combat system, we got some 2D. It's got movesets. Looks like it's got equipment, special abilities. It's cyberpunk, female leads. 
it reminded me of a game idea that a friend of mine shared with me. And I was like, is this dude, did this dude make his game? <laughs> it's not his, but it looks like it's going to be something special. So that's, that's on like A-Dub's hot list. <laughs> if we want to get that started for the control issues family. AMC, how did you feel about Anno Mutation? Anno uh, Mutation, pretty much the same place where I am with the last game. Um, kind of both had similar, at least looked like similar side-scrolling, I guess, fighting. Um, obviously a different look, which was also, I, I felt awesome. Kind of felt a little retro in that. Um, gave me like, uh, was it the the Energy Blade? Kind of remind me of um, Hyper Life Drifter. Um, you played that? No, I never played it. Just uh, from like the trailers I saw. Um, but yeah, um, you did not tell me a thing. Yeah, I, would, I definitely would have mentioned that because that game <laughs> looks like it's pretty amazing. Uh, no, that game was for me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't even talk about it on the show. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, it's basically right where I am with the uh, the previous game that we had mentioned that I can't remember. Um, but yeah, uh, another another quality game, I'll say. <laughs> Absolutely. So the next game up on the list. The Pedestrian. AMC, what were your thoughts about this one? <laughs> Is this like that? It was like stick figure? Yeah, like, the, the character that goes Mr. from... Mr. Game & Watch. <laughs> Mr. Game & Watch got a job. <laughs> and he wants out. So, yeah, drawing comes to life on a drawing pad. And through a series of organi- organization puzzles with all kinds of little icons and devices you have to activate in order to open up pathways and you have to select the pathway you want the character to go through you're setting up a route for this character to go from the drawing pad to the office to outside of the office and to the world at large uh yeah how did you feel um this falls into the category of i'm happy that it exists now there's like some games on that we saw that I'm clearly like I'm just gonna stay away from, but I'm happy that they exist. That um, and this is one of those like where I'm just like, yeah, this isn't something I would get, but I could see somebody having an excellent time with it. The puzzles seem fun. The the style of puzzles seem like interesting. It's very different. It's innovative, which I like in any type of puzzle game. So I'm sure there'll be people who talk about how incredible this game is. It's just not one of those ones that appeals to me directly, but yeah, happy that it's out there. Uh, Personally, to me, it looks like a cross between The Witness and something else. I forgot what it was. Let me look at my notes real quick. The Pedestrian. Yeah, it looks like it could be a spiritual successor to The Witness. It's a combination of a, a whole lot of elements. Like I said, not only are you trying to figure out how to activate switches and devices in order to open up a pathway for your character to be able to make it to the next stage. But you're also rearranging sections of the particular region that you're navigating through. So you have to think spatially as well as, you know, in a Rube Goldberg fashion of how you're going to put this device together to open everything necessary and guide the character through all the doors that they need to get to in order to get to the next space. So it, it has... It's doing well to bring its concept to life by the visuals that it's putting on the screen. So, of course, your character is going to be walking through whatever they're walking to, but they want you to believe it's a drawing that's making its way out into the world. So you're walking 
you're walking the character through surfaces and areas where drawings would be. And the further you make it out, the more exotic these kind of things get. You go from a drawing pad to like, uh, like a, like a board or like other notepads that are hanging on a wall. And then you go to like signage that's up and around. It's, it's, it looks crazy. And despite how positive I am about it, I'm in that AMC camp where I was looking at it thinking, yeah, I'm glad this game exists. Whenever I think of a puzzle game, I'm going to think of my time with the witness and remember that I want nothing to do with that <laughs> anytime <laughs> soon. So Don't get me wrong. It's not so much so much frustration. It's just so much. It's so much mental energy. I'm used to combat. I'm used to role-playing games, dialogue. I'm used to there being like, all right, this is going to happen. What do you want to do? All right, you're going to do that. Well, this was going to happen, but now something else is happening. We got to fight. All right, we're fighting. And then I best you. And then we keep moving on. With this, it's like, all right, I got to rearrange. <laughs> I got to rearrange the, the area. I have to think about these devices and how they link up. I got to direct you around. It's, it's too many layers. I know I'm the kind of person that likes to have a lot of things to think about as I'm playing the game, but just more along the lines of maintaining my, my character's living condition or survivability rather than, you know, actually doing these things to get to the end of the game. Like it's, I like having stuff to do on the way to the end of the game, but I don't like having too many things to do in order to reach the end, if that makes sense. What do you think about it, AMC? Yeah. Um, yeah, still feel the same, A-Dub. Uh, <laughs> oh, I, didn't mean the, I didn't mean the game. I didn't mean my thoughts, but whatever. We'll oh, overall, <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, it's, um, it's as far as like that game, um, yeah, it just uh, looks like a fun puzzler game. Um, hope it does well. Yeah, Witness was definitely one of those games where I was just like, I enjoyed it. <laughs> for what it was but i was definitely like there are times where i was just like i just just staring and moving lines around i'm like it's not working I, like the, the <laughs> angle is not right i just like i'm like circling around the thing like just to see like is there a, a perspective that i'm missing here like, mm -hmm. <laughs> so there's like a lot of that and um yeah like this game obviously is, is different but it it, it has sh it has like I, like feelings that like conjure from the witness uh, are evoked in this game. And I definitely like don't want to experience that again, because there are definitely nights where I was like, I am not awake enough to play the witness. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> like, cause I, I'm, I'm one of those people, like I used to, maybe I still do. I like to every now and then like have a, have a cocktail, uh, smoke, <laughs> play a video uh, game. And so like, not in your problem solving mode. Yeah, exactly. And so it's like, oh, like it's just not the the brain space that I'm in when I'm gaming. Like I do like crunching numbers, but as you said, it's a, a different type of crunching of numbers. It's I need to know what what this armor does to this stat. <laughs> like I need I, to know like, how many times I have to hit you before you fall. Yeah. <laughs> I need to know how many times you can hit me before I need to yeah. heal. Like, I need to know the hidden numbers un with these attributes and how they all play off of each other. What are my percentages? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's a different type of uh, calculations uh, that are going through my brain and that I'm willing to allow while I'm playing video games. So, yeah.
Now, speaking of calculations, speaking of tactics, what did you think of auto chess? Um, refresh me. Which one was auto chess again? It was kind of the top-down cyberpunk-looking thing with the with the characters lined up on opposite sides of the board. You're moving them, and they're like oh, fighting yes, right yes. next to each other. I was trying to understand what was going on, <laughs> and I still don't. Yeah. But then I mean, once once the title of the game was shown, then it was like, oh, I kind of get it now. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those games that I can imagine that, like, when people get into it and maybe explain it a little bit better. Um, I could see it being like a fun game because, like, it's like when when they would show him like the one car- one side would just start overwhelming the other side with like moves. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, like this is kind of cool. This is like a almost like a, a puzzler, um, but like chess. And so, like that part looked interesting. It was just I couldn't put it all together in just one trailer. At least just watching it that one time. And so, yeah, um, it, it'll be interesting to see, to to hear more about this game as a community gets around it and really like starts to like get into the competitive side of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Auto chess. Let's see if we missed anything that we need to get to. We got bugs next. That's all that matters. Talk <laughs> Any, about, did you, huh? did your opinion evolve at all with a uh, Godfall? Yeah, that was the last one we're going to get to. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> so Godfall, we, we got gameplay, and we also got an explanation of how the core gameplay works. Uh, first of all, game looks outstanding. Uh, the only the only minor issues I had were based on animations, but as they got deeper into the demo, it looked like they had that stuff taken care of. I was like, this dude's walking, but he's not. Why is he walking with his right shoulder back? Don't tell me that's the way I got to walk. And then he moved and, like, He's running normal. It's like, okay, all right. (laughs) Not going to hate on you today. (laughs) But yeah, uh, Godfall, it got a little more interesting for me. I mean, it's hitting a bunch of my, like, this is a game I must be interested in items on my list. It's third person. It's science fiction. It's melee combat. It has loot. So those are all things that pretty much put it in the A-dub this game was made for you box watching you know they say that they have the five weapon types you know you got the you got the big two-handed sword you got the big two-handed hammer you got your long sword you got your double daggers you got some other weapon i don't know what it is you got a shield you got all kinds of moves you can do with it different contextual moves you know you got your you got your execution move you can you can parry you can you can catch your shield and jump and do a wave attack. You can throw your shield at multiple enemies. So Godfall may have set up the foundation for a confident Captain America game somewhere down the line, or maybe Avengers gets to it first. Who knows? Overall, it made Godfall more interesting to me, especially when they showed the the region that you go into to look at all of the different suits that you can wear. I forget what they call them, but it looks awesome. It's like a, a medieval like uh, it's hard to describe it's like if iron man lived in the days of king arthur and had his armory of armors just all around in this grand in this grand hall with these just giant columns reaching to the sky it's awesome so 
it's something that I'm going to be looking for. Overall, I didn't see anything that really moved me off the fence. I do like the overall visual aesthetic. I like how the enemies move. Combat looks like it's going to be tough. I don't think the person playing the game was really trying to show off their personal skill level more than they were trying to show off what the game was capable of and what it looks like. So it'll be interesting to see this in the hands of people who really know what's going on. Uh, the developer described the combat as you know, fun and challenging. You'll get in there. It's, it's easy to master and the game rewards you for being aggressive. So they really want you to take it to these enemies. Uh, in the words of develop in the developer, they said that this, this is a game where like the odds are in your favor. You're supposed to get in there and tear shit up. So it's going to be interesting to see how people utilize what's here. Uh, what did you think of Godfall? Uh, here's where I stand with Godfall. Like, uh, right now, it looks like a, a video, like a game ass video game. Like, where, like, <laughs> the act, the gameplay looks like good. Like, everything about it looks good. It's just, um, I don't know. Like, uh, I, you know, what? it's weird. It's a weird thing to say because I know a lot of people would never, like, they, they just want more gameplay. That's all they care about is more gameplay. But I almost want, like, another, like, like tone trailer or story trailer or something <laughs> along with this game because the first one that we got it was like a little comical so it kind of had like vibes of um it was a destiny yeah um, uh vibes of destiny but um that was like it, it didn't really like give you anything more than just like a little bit of tone but that tone doesn't really carry out in the gameplay it doesn't look it doesn't look like a comical game at all as far as the action goes it so doesn't look of, like a story driven experience yeah and so like a part of, a part of me like wants to like get like another <laughs> i guess tone trailer just like almost like a like just like a check on like like uh, to get a feel for it's a weird thing to say I guess like the personality or the soul of the game because gameplay yeah. wise it looks good it looks great it's just um now it's just like what's going on with the world here like uh it's, it's something why that, am I there what am I doing yeah it's like something that the Souls games like uh, Bloodborne like they do really well is at least like when you look at that you immediately get the tone you get the vibe and you're and it's like all right throw me in there and let's have a good time in that um this one i still don't fully get a have a grasp of like what that world is all about and because of that it's just like it's missing a little bit of personality um which i think it would be like it, it would help it help sell the game a little bit more but uh beyond that if you're just somebody who loves gameplay which is like a person like me um it has everything going on for it so far as like at least i know the moment to moment action will be great and now it's just uh yeah let's see like what's going on a little more in the uh the world of the game i think you hit it right on the head it's there's no sense of place like the locations don't really speak to being a part of a world they just look like places and you just look like a thing that's doing stuff in them like a lot of people would try to describe that as generic i just describe it as it's kind of lifeless or lifeless or pointless i mean i hate to be harsh about it but that's the only way to really describe it it's just like what's the context what why do i care What's my motivation? What's my line? <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Like, there's, uh, yeah, not a lot of emotion is like evoked when like you're 
when you're watching the the gameplay of this game, or at least the trailer of this game. The gameplay doesn't look bad. It's just, uh, yeah, you don't have a sense of like urgency or anything with the action, <laughs> like or like or with like the path, like the the path of the character. I'll say. <laughs> yeah, like I'm a gameplay over everything type of person, but at the same token, like story has taken a much larger role in the overall package than it has in you know the earlier decades of gaming so when those two aren't at a certain minimum or when one of the two isn't there you feel it nowadays and it it does kind of take away from the experience now i'm i'm gonna judge it for whatever it is however i hope that they really bring a little more character and personality to this uh, i believe gearbox is behind the title so you know they did a great job with borderlands in my opinion so hopefully they bring that same kind of like charm and humanity to godfall yeah it's one of those things like as i said with like the avengers like um i think for you're you're just like one trailer away from like okay like it like it clicks in and i think that with this game like it's for what they've shown so far looks like a good game and then it's like they have that one trailer where like they set the tone or whatever. And then it's like, okay, I can now kind of paint the picture of like what this game is really about and what it's like, who it's trying to appeal to also uh, specifically. So, yeah. Um, but I'm not, I'm definitely not writing it off at all because the gameplay looks so looks, looks like stellar. It's just, um, I just need to see a little bit uh, with like the tone or story that they're trying to carry out with this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But overall, it's pretty good showing from Sony, you know, just touching base on some stuff that we already knew about, showing us some new stuff that we can expect. And even though it wasn't necessarily a big PS5 info blowout, it still kind of gave you a glimpse of what the next gen is going to look like because you have to remember everything that's playable on PS4 is going to be playable on PS5 to some extent at some point, maybe right out the box. Who knows? Don't quote me. But if you see if if you have an opportunity to look at these new games, check them out because when PlayStation Five comes out, this is the kind of stuff that you're going to have access to. If anything, where people would say like, "Oh, this is just third parties" or "This is indies," you know, when you really think about it, this is Sony just hitting you over the head with content, content, content. Next gen, next gen. <laughs> <laughs> But of course, there are some people who don't see it that way. There are some people who can't see past their own noses or through their own bullshit because they got their head so deep up their own ass. They're called trolls. And this is called Troll of the Week. Yeah. Yeah, so today's trolls are coming sideways at Sony's August State of Play. First troll says... This has got to be the worst state of play I've seen yet. (laughs) If you've seen this state of play, then you know it's not the worst. Next troll responds to that by saying, yeah, this was trash. Next next troll says, and the point of this state of play was for what? This was a waste of time. Next troll says, if Microsoft would have had a show this bad, there would be 1,000 Sony kids murking these comments. <laughs> 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 murking. 
<laughs> with a U, like mercenary lurking. I don't know. Like a, like a merkin bag. <laughs> like, like like the muck in the mire, <laughs> the murkiness of the Black Lagoon. <laughs> Next troll says, Sony Defense Force going to be working hard after how bad that state of play was. Lol. Lols. <laughs> if you don't know, the Sony Defense Force are the people who show up in articles where everyone has decided Sony has either made a misstep or a blunder. And they're defending it. <laughs> I feel like sometimes I'm on, I'm on the the gaming industry defense force. <laughs> so just defending yeah. anything and everything that people content that people are just trying to get out into the world, and other people are trying to just dismiss without even knowing anything about it. <laughs> yeah, I don't care who makes it. I don't care what box it's for. If it looks cool and people are bad mouthing it because they don't know how to look at stuff, I'm standing up for that product. I'm going to give you the real. Control issues, we never back down. Next show says, that was kind of painful to watch. <laughs> Next show says, that state of play was absolute trash. Next show says, still better than Microsoft shows. <laughs> Multiple. <laughs> Next show says, where the F is Elden Ring? <laughs> Killer, Killer wants to know too. Yeah. The control issue sound engineer wants to be let back in. <laughs> Next show says, we've reached a point where the Godfall look good comments are coming in so clearly we're deep into the Kool-Aid. <laughs> Last show says, so nothing interesting. Figures. Watch Spelunky just absolutely kill it. <laughs> Watch Snacks just take all the 2021 awards. By the way, people, all people talking about is how they wanted a Crash sequel. Like, oh, we want more Crash, we want more Crash. They do the the remake, and people are like, hell yeah, Crash, we got we got some Crash, but what about new Crash? We finally get, they announced Crash. We got a trailer for Crash, and people say, oh, I don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah. Got all kinds of modes, all kinds of fan service. Yeah. Just doing everything they possibly can to sell this thing. And people, after begging and waiting and crying and hating, don't want it yeah. yeah man when i was reading the initial remarks for sony's state of play presentation a lot of people were saying like oh didn't watch the show glad i didn't watch the show it's like why would you not want to see new games that's weird it's yeah it's uh it's a weird thing that people they claim to be lovers of video games and yet they only begging like, for innovation and new ideas. Yeah. And yet they only seem to care about the most mainstream ass games. <laughs> like it's like, Oh, does it have a big license attached to it? Oh, is it made by rockstar? Oh, if it's none of those things, then I don't give a shit about it. I don't want it. <laughs> and yet like they're always complaining about how those AAA developers are like taking advantage of it. <laughs> and they're just, they're just sitting back on their laurels, putting out their cash grabs, yeah. <laughs> milking their licenses, yeah. <laughs> getting these microtransactions. Yeah, exactly. Get paid for nothing. We skipped over that. Uh, was it the Vader Immortal? Immortal? Yeah, skip the Vader Immortal. I mean, at the, to the credit of Vader Immortal, now you guys know Vader Immortal. It's a Star Wars VR game. It puts you in the shoes of Anakin. 
Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> <laughs> Hayden Christensen, Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> Best Anakin ever. No, they put you in the shoes. You got your lightsaber. You got your force powers. You got your move wands. You got your hands. You throw in the lightning. You're, you're holding the emperor over your head. <laughs> <laughs> I would play the game just for that. <laughs> <laughs> just download the demo. That's all there is. That in the, uh, was it from the prequels when he's like frankenstein when he first like he's like rise lord vader yeah, yeah. no <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> they can do it like that super saiyan app where you yell in the power up <laughs> yeah <laughs> whoever gives the best no crushes the room <laughs> no no offense to Hayden Christensen, he's the man. Yeah. I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's cool. I, I mean, I did mention it because it's like nah. it's VR, baby. You gotta, you gotta support yeah. your peripherals. You gotta support your peripherals, and at the same token, you also gotta support EA as they continue to put out different kinds of Star Wars experiences. People have been giving them shit, including control issues from time to time for just pretty much squandering that exclusive Star Wars license. I mean, they made two battlefronts in a number of years and there wasn't much else. But since then, we've gotten Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. We're getting that that squadron game that's going to be fully playable in VR for all the people who like ship to ship battles for 40 bucks for 40 bucks. We're getting Vader immortal. I'm pretty sure they were probably going to get a Jedi fallen order two. And I feel like there's something else I'm missing in this whole star Wars continuum of games, but whatever it'll show up. The point is EA is trying and they're doing an excellent job, so they need to get their kudos where it's deserved. They need to get their support where it's earned. And yeah, check out Vader Immortal, PSVR. And for the rest of you trolls out there, I don't know what show you saw. You probably didn't even watch it, so you shouldn't be talking in the first place. But you're looking at the launch titles for the PS5, basically. You're looking at things that you can play them now and then carry over your experience in the next gen and keep playing. You're looking at items that are going to be filling out the empty spaces between that slow period when the PS5 really starts getting underway. So that by the time you're playing things like Gran Turismo 7 or Horizon 2, you've already stockpiled a backlog of games that will keep you busy through any interim throughout the generation. So to that, I say, change your perspective, broaden your horizons, and see things for the way they truly are. Uh, one other thing I'd add is for all those people who are complaining and worried about $70 games, I'm pretty sure the majority of these, the, the games on this list aren't even going to crack $60. So or 20. <laughs> yeah. So here are the games that you can totally buy and afford and won't send you broke to the bank. <laughs> and by supporting them, you're showing developers that smaller development is a vital and viable path for them to take instead of the more expensive route that's just going to drain your bank 17% faster over time. Yes. Even though most developers aren't going to $70 right now, it's just take two with 2K21 on next gen. So, you know, let the basketball fans worry about that. Exactly. Um, All right. So these next, we have a full episode, so I'm going to just bang out all these uh, 
next news updates. Bang, 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 bang. So the first one, this coming from the PlayStation Store. This is the PlayStation Store's July top downloads. Oh. I'm going to read the number one A-Dub. You know what that is? Bucks next demo. It goes to Tsushima. <laughs> it better be. That yeah. game is when we move two million copies in the first three days, fastest selling uh, new IP. Yeah, for Sony. But, not, but not as hot as the top selling PSVR game for July. That being Marvel's Iron Man, Iron Man VR. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you had to wait. There was a little bit of a delay, but you finally got it and you showed up and you bought it. <laughs> now, you know what would be crazy what? is if is if somehow they put in VR support for Iron Man in the Avengers game, Sony exclusive. What? Yeah, that'd be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that would be it. You hearing Jarvis? <laughs> yes, yeah, talking right to you. Uh, the number one free to play game is Call of Duty Warzone, and that's all I have for that list. Um, all right. Uh, let's see what other quick hits we have. We have um, Rocksteady. They teased out in a tweet post that they are that they are indeed doing a Suicide Squad game. Mm-hmm. Um, the interesting part is that um, the teaser image was crosshairs on Superman. Yes. So usually with Suicide Squad, it's these villains who are forced into a situation where they have to basically work for good. They're like contracted um, to um, to fight other villains so it's interesting that they have the crosshairs on superman maybe this is an alternate world where superman superman has been corrupted we'll see um how this all plays out but yeah rocksteady is making suicide squad game um there are a lot of questions on what's how this game is going to look because it is a team there uh the previous games have been focused on batman as a character mm-hmm. um so it'll be interesting to see if they add in other other people and how that will all come into play and this is ahead of their um dc is having a a fandom event on august 22nd so maybe we'll actually see a trailer come that time we finally get a game with superman in it after superman 64 can't be superman yeah Let's see what else we have. Uh, I mean, pick- people people oh, yeah. are trying to figure out what Superman it is based on his cowlick. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> is it evil? Is it is it cyborg Superman? Is it Bizarro Superman? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be great if it is Bizarro Superman. Yes, um, Solomon Grundy in the mix. Yeah, Solomon Solomon Grundy wants to wear pants too. Um, let's see, uh, number two. Pikmin Three Deluxe was announced. This is a Wii U port. It'll be coming to the Switch October thirtieth. So look forward to that. Getting that new life. That new new. Um, we have some sales updates. This being that. Um, so this coming from Nintendo. This coming from the New York Times. I'll bang this out real quick. Nintendo reported a staggering five hundred and forty-one percent increased quarterly profit from the previous year. Um, behind that number is 10.6 million uh, in sales for Animal Crossing New Horizons. Um, since it was released, there have been more than 22 million sales of the game. Um, Oof. Yeah, so Animal Crossing what? is still doing well. And according 22 million? Yeah, 22 million sales of the game, making it the most popular Animal Crossing game by a big margin. And it, it says that the sales are strong and showing no loss of momentum, which is awesome. Uh, what, what, shit, yeah, what I found interesting about this too is they were Nintendo was basically saying how the pandemic has been a gift and a curse because obviously we're seeing 
switches sell like you know, crazy. People are dying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That 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 too. But uh, just for them as a company, <laughs> for them as a company, uh, selling a lot of switches, uh, selling a ton of Animal Crossings. But they're saying that the profits could be even more because uh, the fact that there has been a, a shortage of switches if you haven't been paying attention. And so they said like their profits would actually be even higher, but uh, they were just weren't ready <laughs> for the, um, the pandemic in this way. And the fact that it would have uh, such an effect on the production line, but regardless, because of the pandemic, people are out buying switches and buying video games to kill all this free time that we all have all of a sudden. So yeah. I guess profits are up. So you can complain, but only so much. And I'm definitely seeing Nintendo Switches up for resale on my Facebook feed. Just my friend got got that Switch, yeah. <laughs> got got that Fit Ring, hocking it, trying to sell it out of the back of the truck. Exactly, got those Dior Jordans, got that Switch. Dior <laughs> <laughs> kind of is. <laughs> Um, let's see. Uh, Final Fantasy 7 remake sales uh, This coming by way of Square Enix um, They announced uh, We are excited to announce a major milestone For Final Fantasy 7 remake uh, More than 5 million copies of the game Have been sold or shipped to date Digital sales were particularly strong In fact, it's our highest selling Digital game on the PlayStation platform Ever Ever, ever. <laughs> So yeah, uh, Square Enix killing it with Final Fantasy VII Remake, as well as killing it with Octopath Traveler, and soon to be killing <laughs> it with Avengers and Outriders, as A-Dub has put me on. Um, Keep an eye on Outriders. It doesn't look like something that I need to get into, but on paper, it seems like something that I need to get into. Uh, let's see, and then... Um, Detroit Become Human actually has an update sales-wise. Detroit Become this coming by way of GameIndustry.biz. It sold another copy. Yes, uh, Detroit Become <laughs> Human has sold over five million units. Damn. Um, the game hit this milestone exactly one month after launching on Steam in June, alongside fellow Quantic Dream titles, uh, Heavy Rain and Beyond Two Souls. Though it has been available on the PC via the Epic Game Store uh, since December <laughs> 2019. So yeah, um, this this being uh, noteworthy just because uh, Detroit Become Human has sold 5 million units. Um, people apparently, they don't like playing, what is it? Uh, Quick time events. Event, uh, story games. <laughs> movie stop, games. stop taking control from me. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, I guess 5 million people did go out and buy this game and this is after what uh it was on ps plus for free people are still going out and buying it so yeah nice to see that it still has an audience out there i'm david cage about to buy a money cage yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then uh, let's end on a negative note um <laughs> ps4 controllers will not work on ps5 games uh <gasps> anti-consumer uh, make cash grab <laughs> I mean, this is a PlayStation basically saying that we're putting out this DualSense controller. We want our new games to take full advantage of the DualSense controller. So why tie these games to old hardware or old old peripherals? We'll say. I mean, a bit of a bit of solace you can take in this news is that you can use your PS4 controller on the PS5 when you're playing your backward compatible PS4 games, which makes total sense. So. This shouldn't be a big deal. Yeah, it's just for your PS5 games, so quit your belly bitching. How dare they make me play their games with their controller that they put in the box of the console <laughs> that I bought to play those games? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How dare they try to do new things with this controller 
but yet not take advantage of it. <laughs> it's so weird. How, and just because Microsoft didn't do anything different with their controller, and they're also doing something different with their games where they're making everything this this shared ecosystem rather than trying to truly take advantage of what their creative juices can do with that hardware in the Series X. Like Halo Infinite, it's going to be cross-gen. And like most of their games for the first year or so before they really start rolling on development are going to be cross-gen as well. I mean, Phil Spencer went on record as saying that you shouldn't expect any Microsoft first-party games to be Series X only for at least the first year or so. And, you know, that's a very... It's a very strong departure from what is standard, where you bring out a new system, you bring out games to take control of it. Now, don't get me wrong. Of course, they're going to have the third-party games that come out, which obviously will be designed for current-gen only. However, you want your exclusives to move your pieces. You can't move your pieces if you don't get rid of the old pieces. <laughs> yeah, my thing uh, is, like, it's, like, stop demanding this parody with all the companies. It's Sony's going to try to lock shit down, but they're also going to try to put out the best hardware and the best experiences possible. Like they're all doing something different. And just because you're looking across the street and you're saying, well, Microsoft did this, it doesn't mean Sony needs to do this because yeah. they know that you're going to show up regardless. Um, and yeah, like they're not trying to give you all the same stuff and then more. They're just trying to give you everything that is standard and then differentiate in order to make themselves stand out. Yeah, and it's like, it's Nintendo, they do their own shit. They're like, we're going to make these games. They're, like, they're, we're, they're not going to try to go for the highest performing console. They're going to try to go for the, just for the experience of the games. And that's always been their focus uh, and the flexibility in this case with the Switch. So it's like they all, and even with Nintendo, they're going for a different demo than PlayStation and Xbox. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, like stop trying to force this parity between the companies because you didn't like a decision that they made. <laughs> between companies, between developers, like stop trying to make from software put easy modes in your game. Yeah. If if Nintendo can break away from the mainstream trajectory of the gaming industry while still being hugely successful, then that option is available to all the other console makers, the other publishers, the other developers, because in the end, that's what you want to do. You want to find the people who resonate with your product. You don't want to try to resonate with everybody's feelings and sensibilities. You just want to get the people who believe in what you're doing and will be there financially to support it. So yeah, man, just like Nintendo <laughs> does their own thing and Breath of the Wild sells more copies than their console. Animal Crossing sells 22 million copies in four months. So obviously, these aren't decisions that they're just pulling out of their hat. This isn't stuff that's just coming from shareholder meetings like, you guys should do this to make us more money. It's, they've been doing this for probably longer. Well, Nintendo has. I don't know about Sony. Well, Sony has only been doing it for half the time. But they've been at it for what pretty much is a lifetime at this point, all three of them, some longer than others. So they're still in business. They're still successful. I think they know what they're doing. People just need to sit back, enjoy the ride because all this second guessing and belly bitching is getting tired. Yeah. It's like, I'm not playing my switch and it's like, why can't I use my, my Wiimote or why can't, why can't I use the tablet that came with the Wii U on my switch? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
It's like, uh, I don't know. The, um, it's, but at the same token, they still support the GameCube controller. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, which is awesome. <laughs> which is awesome because the Smash community truly appreciates that. Um, but yeah, it's, I don't know. It's uh, these little gripes, especially now targeted at Sony, because people are just trying to, I guess, they're now trying to paint them into this box of, it's like almost like they just made up the word anti-consumer and they're like, yeah, that, that sounds right. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that seems to like sum up all my anger right now. We're just going to say that anti-consumer um, rather than just saying that they're just making business moves. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's just like, it's one of those things people are going to bitch about it. The PlayStation 5 will come out and people will forget about it. With anything, it's like once you get your hands on it, you stop thinking about all the little gripes and things that like you wish that they had done to cater just to you. <laughs> Whenever you hear someone say that something a video game company does is anti-consumer, what they're really saying to you is this company made a decision and I don't like it, but there's nothing I can do about it because I'm by myself. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to try to make this into a, a consumer versus a corporation issue and get people on my side yeah <laughs> to make it seem like a bigger deal than it really is i mean people are trying they started a petition to get spider-man unexclusivized yeah whatever Fuck and i was say. like yeah <laughs> it's pretty much what i said ha- have like, fun with that yeah. <laughs> in the words of rick grimes <laughs> in the walking dead when some of the members of the group's decided that they were going to leave the prison. It's like, yeah, okay, see how far you get. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, go outside. Yeah. See how far you get. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I um, kept this crew alive. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, do you have any uh, final words? Uh, it's a great time to be a gamer. It's just not a great time to be a human being. So stay safe out there. Put your goddamn mask on. Give me six feet. Tupac wanted 50. I just wanted six. So <laughs> give me six feet. Defeat is not my destiny. Release me to the streets and yeah. keep whatever's left of me. <laughs> uh, I miss that guy. Liz Control Issues. I am the AMC. This is a good. We are controlling. Thanks for playing.